To the Lord our God belong mercies and forgivenesses, though we have rebelled against him. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws which he set before us. Dearly beloved brethren, the scripture moveth us in sundry places to acknowledge and confess all manifold sins and wickedness, and that we should not dissemble nor cloak them before the face of Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, but confess them with a humble, lowly, penitent, and obedient heart, to the end that we may obtain forgiveness of the same by his infinite goodness and mercy. And although we ought at all times humbly to acknowledge our sins before God, yet ought we most chiefly so to do, when we assemble and meet together to render thanks for the great benefits that we have received at his hands, to set forth his most worthy praise, to hear his most holy word, and to ask those things which are requisite and necessary as well for the body as the soul. Wherefore I pray and beseech you, as many as are here present, to accompany me with a pure heart and humble voice under the throne of the heavenly grace, saying after me, Please kneel, if able. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no help in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent. According to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord, and grant a most merciful Father for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life. To the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who desireth not the death of a sinner, but rather that he may turn from his wickedness and live, and hath given power and commandment to his ministers to declare and pronounce to his people, being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins. He pardoneth and absolveth all those who truly repent and unfeignedly believe his holy gospel. Wherefore, let us beseech him to grant us true repentance and his Holy Spirit, that those things may please him which we do with this present, 
and that the rest of our life hereafter may be pure and holy, so that at the last we may come to his eternal joy. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall shout forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us, O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. The Vanity on page 5 of the Book of Common Prayer. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepare the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I greeted with this generation, and said, It is a people that do in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, under whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. 
of the Psalter appointed for the morning prayer the 25th day begins with the 33rd verse of Psalm 119, found on page 524 of the Book of Common Prayer. We will say verses 33 through 64 in unison. Page 524. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall keep it with my whole heart. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein is my desire. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies, and not to covetousness. O oh, turn away mine eyes, lest they behold vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. O oh, establish thy word in thy servant, that I may fear thee. Take away the rebuke that I am afraid of, for thy judgments are good. Behold, my delight is in thy commandments. O oh, quicken me in thy righteousness. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Let thy loving mercy come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation according unto thy word. So shall I make answer unto my blasphemers, for my trust is in thy word. O oh, take not the word of thy truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in thy judgments. So shall I always keep thy law, yea, forever and ever, and I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy commandments. I will speak of thy testimonies also, even before kings, and will not be ashamed. And my delight shall be in thy commandments, which I have loved. My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved. And my study shall be in thy statutes. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. World without end. Amen. O oh, think upon thy servant as concerning thy word, wherein thou hast caused me to put my trust. The same is my comfort in my trouble, for thy word hath quickened me. The proud have had me exceedingly in derision, yet have I not shrink from thy law. For I remember thine everlasting judgments, O Lord, and received comfort. I am horribly afraid, for the ungodly that forsake thy law. Thy statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. I have thought upon thy name, O Lord, in the night season, and have kept thy law. This I had, because I kept thy commandments. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Thou art my portion, O Lord, 
I have promised to keep thy law. I made my humble petition in the presence with my whole heart. O oh, be merciful unto me according to thy word. I called mine own ways to remembrance, and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I made haste and prolonged not the time to keep thy commandments. The congregations of the ungodly have robbed me, but I have not forgotten thy law. At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee, because of thy righteous judgments. I am a companion of all them that fear thee, and keep thy commandments. The earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. O teach me thy statutes. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 27th chapter of the first book of Moses, called Genesis. And it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dimmed, so that he could not see, he called Esau his eldest son, and said unto him, My son. And he said unto him, Behold, here am I. And he said, Behold now, I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver and thy bow, and go out to the field, and take me some venison, and make me savory meat such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt for venison, and to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau thy brother, saying, Bring me venison, and make me savory meat that I may eat, and bless thee before the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock, and fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats, and I will make thee savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father, that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, Esau my brother is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. My father peradventure will feel me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. But his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice, and go fetch me them. And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory meat such as his father loved. And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands, and upon the smooth of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. And he came unto his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I. Who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, 
because the Lord thy God brought it to me. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near unto Isaac his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy as his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. And he said, Art thou my very son Esau? And he said, I am. And he said, Bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat. And he brought him wine, and he drank. And his father Isaac said unto him, Come near now, and kiss me, my son. And he came near, and kissed him. And he smelled the smell of his raiment, and blessed him, and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord hath blessed. Therefore God give thee of the dew of heaven, and the fatness of the earth, and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee, and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren, and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be every one that curseth thee, and blessed be he that blesseth thee. And it came to pass, as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, and Jacob was yet scarce gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, that Esau his brother came in from his hunting. And he also had made savory meat, and brought it unto his father, and said unto his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac his father said unto him, Who art thou? And he said, I am thy son, thy firstborn Esau. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly, and said, Who? Where is he that hath taken venison, and brought it me? And I have eaten of all before thou camest, and have blessed him. Yea, and he shall be blessed. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry, and said unto his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. And he said, Thy brother came with subtlety, and hath taken away thy blessing. And he said, Is not he rightly named Jacob? For he hath supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he hath taken away my blessing. And he said, Hast thou not reserved a blessing for me? And Isaac answered and said unto Esau, Behold, I have made him thy lord, and all his brethren have I given to him for servants, and with corn and wine have I sustained him. And what shall I do now unto thee, my son? And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Isaac his father answered and said unto him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. And by thy sword shalt thou live and shalt serve thy brother. And it shall come to pass when thou shalt have the dominion that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. And these words of Esau, her elder son, were told to Rebekah. And she sent and called Jacob her younger son, and said unto him, Behold, thy brother Esau, as touching thee, doth comfort himself, purposing to kill thee. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice, and arise. Flee thou to Laban, my brother, to Haran and tarry with him a few days until thy brother's fury turn away, until thy brother's anger turn away from thee, and he forget that which thou hast done to him. Then I will send and fetch thee from thence, 
Why should I be deprived also of you both in one day? And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob take a wife of the daughters of Heth, such as these which are of the daughters of the land, what good shall my life do me? It rendered the first lesson. Please join me in the Benedictity on page 8 of the Book of Common Prayer. Page 8. Please stand. O all ye marks of the Lord, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O ye angels of the Lord, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O ye heavens, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O ye waters that be above the firmament, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O all ye powers of the Lord, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O ye sun and moon, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O ye stars of heaven, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O ye showers and dew, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O ye winds of God, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O ye fire and heat, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O ye winter and summer, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O ye dews and frost, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O ye frost and cold, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O ye ice and snow, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O ye nights and days, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O ye light in darkness, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O ye lightnings and clouds, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O let the earth bless the Lord. Yea, let it praise him and magnify him forever. O ye mountains and hills, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O all ye green things upon the earth, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O ye wells, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O ye seas and floods, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O ye whales and all that move in the waters, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. 
Oh, all ye fowls of the air, bless ye the Lord. Praise Him and magnify Him forever. Oh, all ye beasts and cattle, bless ye the Lord. Praise Him and magnify Him forever. Oh, ye children of man, bless ye the Lord. Praise Him and magnify Him forever. Oh, that Israel, bless the Lord. Praise Him and magnify Him forever. O ye priests of the Lord, bless ye the Lord. Praise Him and magnify Him forever. O ye servants of the Lord, bless ye the Lord. Praise Him and magnify Him forever. O ye spirits and souls of the righteous, bless ye the Lord. Praise Him and magnify Him forever. O ye holy and humble men of art, bless ye the Lord. Praise Him and magnify Him forever. O Ananias, Azarias, and Misael, bless ye the Lord. Praise Him and magnify Him forever. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 21st verse of the 15th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Here endeth the second lesson. Please join me in the Benedictus on page 11 of the Book of Common Prayer. Page 11. Please stand. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets 
which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies, and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he swore to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please kneel, if able. The Lord be with you and with thy spirit. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. 
shall thy mercy upon us and grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save them that rule and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. Endue thy ministers with righteousness and make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people, and bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord, because there is none other that bargained for us, but only thou, O God. O God, make clean our hearts within us, and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Colleagues for the second Sunday in Lent. Almighty God, who seest that we have no power of ourselves to help ourselves, keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls, that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Continue on page 14. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, and all the assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who hast safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings may be ordered by thy governance to do always what is righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A special prayer for children. The Lord Jesus Christ, who dost embrace children with the arms of thy mercy, and dost make them living members of thy church, give them grace, we pray thee, to stand fast in thy faith, to obey thy word, and to abide in thy love, that being made strong by thy Holy Spirit, they may resist temptation and overcome evil, and may rejoice in the life that now is, and dwell with thee in the life that is to come. Through thy merits, O merciful Savior, who with the Father and the Holy Ghost livest and reignest one God, world without end. Amen. The litany is found on page 31 of the Book of Common Prayer. Page 31. Yeah, 
Please join me in the 65th verse of Psalm 119, found on page 254 of the Psalms of David and Peter, the Black Book in your pews, page 254. John and Judah in your prayers. John is at his National Guard weekend this, this weekend, um, and Judah's traveling, so please keep them in your prayers. A reminder that Friday is a day of fasting, excuse me, Monday through Saturday are days of fasting, our material abstinence as appointed by the Book of Common Prayer, um, for the relief of the poor, uh, the strengthening of our souls against sin, and for a remembrance of our Lord's passion and death and his 40-day fast in the wilderness. May the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be all be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as your desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's in Matthew chapter 15, verses 26 through 28. Well, last week, we began our series of Lenten Gospel readings by meditating on Christ's victory against Satan in the wilderness. We join the Apostle Paul in seeing our Lord as the second Adam, reversing the terrible curse earned by our first ancestors in the garden. This new Adam, the living, talking, breathing sign that new creation will soon be coming to the earth. He now walks from town to town, meeting resistance from those who should be falling to their knees before him. We find, tragically, that the religious leaders hate Jesus. They hate his miracles, they hate his kingdom, and they oppose him at every step. Why? Because they are evil, and because darkness has blinded their eyes and their hearts. These men have the source of all love and justice and peace and goodness and truth before them, and they hate him. We find that Satan may have lost in the wilderness in his temptation of Christ, but he certainly seems to have won in the hearts of these cruel and murderous men. So Jesus, to find momentary peace, to pray and prepare his disciples for the mission that lies before them, our Lord goes into the district of Tyre and Sidon, which is modern-day Lebanon. Jesus goes to the ancient enemies of his people, because his own people have taken the great treasure bestowed upon them for granted. Those who believed they owned God drove God into the land of their enemies. Now to be clear, the Trinity's plan for the salvation of the world is not impeded by the cruel selfishness and betrayal of any religious leaders. Right? No, no one is strong enough to do that. The victory march of God through time and space will never be derailed by a petulant sinner yelling, stop. But there are, of course, real-world consequences for a people who sell their birthright for nothing. The tragedy being that God is still going to win, right? Even if man's cowardly heart draws him to side with evil cheering on his own tribe while ignoring the call of the Lord. As Jesus walks from town to town, he is indeed in the land of his enemies. Because the inescapable truth of Jesus' life is that the second born, the second the Son of God was born, the second he was laid in an animal's feeding trough, at that very second, Jesus had entered the land of his enemies. As he says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Now, as God incarnate and his disciples are walking along in Gentile lands, a problem presents itself in the form of a woman screaming for the Lord to heal her dying child. Anyone who has ever had a sick child or seen doctors become real quiet 
and slowly walk out of a dying child's room. They know something of the absolutely impotent anguish this woman was suffering through. Every part of her just wants her daughter to get better. There is nothing she can do about it. She is powerless to do that which she most wants to do. And so she cries. She cries and Satan laughs. And all the necromancers and priests and doctors in the world can do nothing to help her. Now, a normal human story would end in her suffering, probably with some useless bromide about her daughter always living in her heart, or some such nonsense, something equally banal and suffocating. We've been taught to accept these little trinkets of despair so often that they become part of the way we think about life and death. We discard what God has to say about death and life and cling to these adult fairy tales like every other poor, misguided pagan who has looked to Zeus or Mithras or Shiva to save them. We need something to keep us going, right? And so we grab these kind of hallmark psalms out of the air. Right? Thankfully, that's just not enough for God. Right? St. Matthew, being the skilled writer that he is, he, he emphasizes a point today that uh, St. Mark, in his parallel account, does not. Rather than call her a Syrophoenician woman, as she would have been known in her own time, he calls her a Canaanite. Right? Calls her a Canaanite. Why does that matter? Why do that? It matters because of the historical relationship between the people of God and the people of Canaan. Right? A nation God told his people to destroy. Now, modern, very up-to-date Western people, while feverishly looking for reasons to disbelieve the Bible and to hate God, will often turn to the conquest narratives of books like the book of Joshua and triumphantly cry out, aha, this loving God of yours demands ethnic cleansing. I could never believe in a God who commands such a thing. I have to say this all the time. But we find that modern man is a strange creature. He has little problems supporting governments that blow people up every single day. But he gets quite squeamish about a war that happened 3,500 years ago. That's fascinating. Strangely, the person who refuses to believe in God for this reason has created an imaginary God, right? God doesn't call for ethnic cleansing. But they've created this imaginary God of their own making. Um, and they hold that imaginary God to a much, 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 much higher standard than the leaders they actually support and vote for. Fascinating. However, even this very human inconsistency points to our felt need for true justice and peace in the world. A need, unfortunately, that can never be met by the state. In any event, we rightly feel uncomfortable when we read about the Israelites 
failed cleansing of the promised land. We feel uncomfortable because deep down, we really don't think sin is as bad as all that. Right? We think sin is icky or you know, generally bad for society, particularly other people's sins, I find. Like, I'm really hard on other people's sins. But we probably don't really think sin deserves death. We don't think of it as an equation, sin equals death. And we certainly can't imagine that sin is so horrible a betrayal of the good that all that practice it deserve the fate of the Canaanites. We draw back from the war against Canaan, why? We draw back because we see ourselves in the eyes of those caught in the righteous wrath of a just God, and we don't like it. What we want in our still fallen corners of our hearts, what we want is God to lie to us, to tell us we're the best, we, we're, we're awesome, we, we're nailing it, we're doing great. We want God to tell us, okay, I go to church to hear about how can I be happier, right? That's what I want. I want a transformed, happy life, right? What we don't want is God to painfully cure the disease that is making us miserable. We don't want chemotherapy. Right? We want a lollipop, which I get. Right? Chemotherapy is horrible. Lollipops are fun. Thankfully, God says no. Right? He says no to all that. Which brings us back to the woman begging and crying for God to save her dying child. Right? By linking this desperate woman to her Canaanite heritage, Matthew is reminding us of why her daughter is dying. Her daughter is dying because we all are dying. And we all are dying because sin has so marred our souls and bodies that decay and death are the inevitable and deserved end of man. Sin has so alienated us from the good and just and loving God and that life he gave us and upholds, that death has become the destiny of all living creatures. In the Old Testament, the Canaanites represent the world, and the world deserves death. Find again and again that you and I deserve death. The only response to this reality are the words of the Canaanite woman we heard today. It's the words we repeated today. Right? O Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. We ask for our Lord's mercy every week, right? But I do wonder if we ask for the same repentance and sincerity of this woman, confronted by the pain only a world so bent and misshapen by sin can apply. Time is a funny thing. Surely we all have been or will be confronted by tragedy. But our distance from that tragedy tends to blunt our felt need for mercy. It's like we're on a train moving from one station to the other, but we pretend that train ride will last forever, only occasionally bothered by the people getting on and off. This woman, crying out to God, knows that her train is derailed. And there's no choice but to call upon this strange man who has providentially come her way. Her suffering 
and the suffering of her daughter have broken the illusion that she can do this on her own or that her false gods will save her. That's true then, whether she's calling out to a fish god. It's true now when we call out to the gods of our own own age. None of them are coming. None of them will save you. Not a single one. So who does she call for? She does. She invokes the messianic title of Jesus. A title, right, his fellow Jews are afraid to bestow upon him. Right? They don't call him that, but she does. Because through her suffering, the Holy Ghost has turned her heart in the direction of salvation. Amazingly, the Holy Ghost has even used the work of the evil one to further the salvific mission of Christ and his people. It is at this moment, right, then we begin to see just what is happening in the story. We begin to see that the Trinity is changing the destiny of Canaan. And if it's changing the destiny of Canaan, it's changing the destiny of the sinful world Canaan represents. We find, incredibly, that hope is being proclaimed from the mouth of an enemy. St. Matthew next tells us that Jesus didn't answer her, right? And so she kept screaming and crying out until the disciples begged Jesus to send her away. Right? They don't say help her. They say, get her out of here. Right? Our Lord tells his disciples, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Right? Seems like a harsh statement. We cannot forget Christ is fulfilling the promises made to Abraham and all his descendants. And he must first bring the fulfillment of these promises to the people entrusted with them. It is for this reason the incarnate God doesn't just show up in the middle of Rome or New York City, for that matter, right? We find that humans imagine our little empires will last forever, right? But we find that God isn't on a tame timetable like that. He doesn't view the world like that. He simply doesn't consider that our temporary kingdoms are stable reference points for his plan to save the world, right? Something bigger than us is at work in the world, bigger than anything we can build. When St. Paul writes, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, when he writes that, he is expressing this idea in its full post-Easter glory. Salvation will come from the Jews and for the Jews first. And from that primacy will come salvation to the Gentiles. However, we're in Matthew 18. That isn't time yet. Just as we must have Good Friday before we can have Easter, Jesus must die and rise again before the Great Commission of Matthew 28 can be established. Jesus responds to this woman now kneeling before him. He says to her, and it's not right to take the children's bread and to throw it to dogs. What we have to know here, right? what we have to assume in Jesus' answer is that he did feel compassion for this woman. Right? As he did for every person he saw burdened by the sin and death 
he had come to abolish. Jesus wasn't being racist or something like that by denying this woman. He was simply stealing himself for the mission in which he was now engaged. Jesus is preparing to die for the sins of his people, all while everyone around him is asking him for things, right? Heal this, cure that, be the Messiah I want you to be. But Jesus is not a magician, right? He's not a conjurer or a traveling healer. Jesus is on a cross-shaped mission to save the world. We find that Jesus is preparing for Calvary, while this foreign woman is already insisting upon Easter. Her reply to Jesus should be familiar to us, right? It's part of our communion service. She says to him, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. In the ancient world, calling oneself a dog was not flattering or cute, right? This phrase is one of humility and abasement as she kneels before the God who is humbled and abased himself by becoming one of us, the God whose future holds the humiliation of the cross. And in that moment, our Lord recognizes one of his own. He sees in her reply the faith which can only come from the Holy Ghost, a faith Jesus describes as a mega-faith, right? And so our Lord gives her the scraps from his table. He heals her daughter. And mind you, these are scraps. For just as the glorious medicine of immortality we experience at each Lord's Supper is only a foretaste of the endless wedding feast of the Lamb to come, so too is this miraculous healing merely a paltry morsel compared to the endless restoration and reconciliation of the new life to come. A scrap. The healing Jesus provides for this faithful woman points to a future in which Gentiles from every tribe will be welcomed into the people of God to receive a permanent healing of Making whole is the word, right? Making whole. Jesus recognizes, just as he did with the centurion, that this woman is a harbinger of the future glory. As John tells us in the book of Revelation, what does he see? He says, after this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and languages and peoples, standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. We can be sure that as John looked out upon that innumerable host, he must have seen a few familiar faces. Certainly one of them would have been this Canaanite woman. May we who are, or who once were, enemies of God, find ourselves within that triumphant throng. For the Lord has prepared a table, and he calls us all to approach it 
in glory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The exhortation is found on page 251 of the Book of Common Prayer. Page 251. Dearly beloved, on Sunday next, I purpose, through God's assistance, to administer to all those who shall be religiously and devoutly disposed the most comfortable sacrament of the body and blood of Christ. We receive by them in remembrance of his meritorious cross and passion, whereby alone we obtain remission of our sins and are made partakers of the kingdom of heaven. Wherefore, it is our duty to render most humble and hearty thanks to Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, because he hath given his Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, not only to die for us, but also to be our spiritual food and sustenance in that holy sacrament, which being so divine and comfortable a thing to those who receive it worthily, and so dangerous to those who presume to receive it unworthily, my duty is to exhort you in the meantime to consider the dignity of that holy mystery and the great peril of the unworthy receiving thereof, and so to search and examine your own consciences, and that not lightly, and after the manner of dissembling with God, but so that we may come holy and clean to such a heavenly feast, and the marriage garment required by God in Holy Scripture, and be received as worthy partakers of that holy table. The way of means thereto is, first, to examine your life and conduct by the rule of God's commandments, and whatsoever ye shall perceive yourselves to have offended, either by will, word, or deed, there to bewail your own sinfulness, and to confess yourselves to Almighty God with full purpose of amendment of life. And if ye shall perceive your offenses to be such as are not only against God, but also against your neighbors, then ye shall reconcile yourselves unto them, being ready to make restitution and satisfaction according to the uttermost of your powers, for all injuries and wrongs done by you to any other, and being likewise ready to forgive others who have offended you, as you would have forgiveness of your offenses at God's hand. For otherwise the receiving of the Holy Communion does nothing else but increase your condemnation. Therefore, if any of you be a blasphemer of God, a hinderer or slanderer of his word, an adulterer, or be in malice or envy or in any other grievous crime, Repent you of your sins, or else come not to that holy table. Lest after the taking of that holy sacrament, the devil enter into you, as he entered into Judas, and fill you full of all iniquities, and bring into destruction both the body and soul. And because it is requisite that no man should come to the holy communion, but with a full trust in God's mercy and with a quiet conscience, therefore if there be any of you who by this means cannot quiet his own conscience, but requireth further comfort or counsel, let him come to me, or to some other discreet and learned minister of God's word, and open his grief, that by the ministry of God's holy word he may receive the benefit of absolution, together with spiritual counsel and advice, to the quieting of his conscience and removing of all scruple and doubtfulness. <laughs> Please join me in the offertory hymn, hymn 271.
Not worthy, Lord, I silver of the crumbs with trembling and that from thy table
through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The peace of God which passeth all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, be amongst you and remain with you always. Please join me in hymn 422.